0: Hey guys, Scott Short here again from Mason McDuffie Mortgage. My NMLS number is two two five nine nine eight. We're back into the new F word by Merrill Chandler. He's actually a—he uh, started the, the Lexington Law Firm way back in the day. And F is not a bad word. It actually stands for funding, the ability to fund a loan, to get money, money, money. So we less we la- sorry we lot. La- I can't speak. To- hello, hello. We uh, last left off in chapter nine, so now we're ready for chapter 10. So let's roll with chapter 10 here. So it says chapter 10 is called Weaponizing Your Automatic Funding Approvals. We're starting on page 79 in the book. Uh, It says underwriting, it's a fancy term for the process lenders use to decide if they will lend you money. So, a lender writer is a person who actually reviews all your documentation. Make sure you comply to whatever loan program we're going with, be it Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA, or whatever A, right? <laughs> that whatever the program is, they must make sure we fill the guidelines and that loan is insurable by that government entity. We don't have bad loans because that's a bad thing. So that's an underwriters, their job is to be the, uh, no, the the person who's the gatekeeper, I guess you want to call it there. So we'll keep going forward. It says no matter how large or small the loan am- the amount, the lender used the process. Use this process, sorry. These approval guidelines, underwriting guidelines in parentheses, are the secret sauce of all lenders and are zealously guarded, especially from borrowers. Eh, I don't know about that, but I'll keep going. We'll keep going. Okay. It's all going. Because okay. what's happening, is talking about is probably some maybe what we we'll call overlays. Overlays are when a lender has additional rules on top of what the government entity tells us we can lend by. So let's say if you're playing Monopoly, right? The game Monopoly people play, right? A lot of people have house rules. Like, you know, my house, they have, you know, um, let's see what happens. If you land on, uh, if you, if you, something happens after what it is. We put money in the, where it says no parking place or whatever. And if you, uh, if you uh, land there, then you get the money. So there's always different rules. My son's the expert on that game. So, <laughs> so with, you know, that's what they call overlays, different rules for different, lenders, all right, so most lenders go off what we call just direct lending, meaning they're going to just whatever that entity says the rules are, the rules are. They don't put anything on top of them, so you are pretty safe there uh, in reference to that. So I'll keep going here. So let's take a closer look at how underwriting works. Footnote 61, each lender has its own specific criteria uh, for this process, okay? Say you need 20 points to approve uh, to be approved for your loan. They're talking about the FICO score, right? Our, our, our credit score, I should say, because FICO is just words. So we have TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian, right? So one of those guys there. So if it's a lender, we're going to look at the middle score. Thought the high, thought the low, look at the middle. If there's more than one person on there, then we'll look at the middle score of the two parties or how many parties are involved in the loan and whoever's the lowest of those middle scores. That's what we go with from a lending standpoint. Let's go back in. So I'm going to start that sentence over again. It says, say you say you need 20 points to be approved for a loan. And in this example, you need a minimum of three points from each of your following uh, categories. Employment history, employment length, total debt load, down payment, debt to income ratio, and profile and score. So let's look here. So as long as you meet these minimums, a lender cares only that you hit 20 points. That's true. They're probably not looking at those things now. I mean, they do look at it, but for our conversation, let's keep going with him. (laughs) Necessary for the approval. And they, are, they don't care how you get there, okay? Next page, page number eight, zero. Goes in and says more down payment or low debt to income ratio or low debt load, which means you have you know, not much debt you're paying on per month. What the lender's gonna make sure is that you are able to you know, leverage your house, your, your income, make sure you're not overleveraging income because remember, we go off gross gross income. Most people don't live in the gross income world. You <laughs> can pay tax, right? So that's kind of a funny word because we use gross income, not net income. So it's a good thing they have some of this, but we'll keep going forward, sorry. Uh, it says longer employment history or higher quality of your borrower's profile. So longer employment history means you're a stable person. We like that part. And higher quality of borrower profile means, you know, I guess you, you know, fit all the stuff we talked about before. So we'll keep going. Any of those, in parentheses, or others as per the requirements of each lender, close parentheses will cause you to be approved. Approves a good thing. Underwriting comes in two forms: manual, the hard way, and automatic, easy way. So, manual means that somebody's actually doing it by hand, and you know, you know, not by hand actually, <laughs> by computer, by themselves. So, what happens is when they approve the loan without having an automated system, meaning that most lenders will put their uh, the loan in through either one of the government entities' uh, engines, you'll call it, and uh, on the computer, right? And I'll tell you if you got the loan approved or not approved, right? What we want to do, you know, usually, you know, prove eligible is one of the words you look for, or uh, each each program has a little different wording, but um, you don't want any refers or for refer precaution, Those are bad words. <laughs> so what he's saying there is if it's a manual underwrite, there's a higher risk loan to a lender because that person sitting in that chair actually underwrote the loan and approved the loan, right? When you get automated approval, then you can kind of point to the computer said, say, well, he said, or, you know, computer said <laughs> there's approved, right? So that's kind of what they're looking at there. That's why I said it's the hard way versus you know, the easier way, right? Go back into the book. But regardless of which methods the lender uses, the same principle of accruing underwriting points is used to determine an approval or a denial. So we're going down to number 62 as a footnote it says, underwriting points should not be confused with credit score points. In fact, the quality of your borrow profile. And your credit score are only two of the main main decisions factors lenders use. So let's keep going forward because I'm, I'm interested where he's going with this. So the manual underwriting, the 500 year old tradition. <laughs> That's when We'll keep going <laughs> for over 500 years. All underwriters will run t- all underwriting was done manually. It uh, it required a human to to do right? a bean oh my god guys my words are not coming out today we'll work on this if it required a human being to then bullet point one physically review an application manually verify the data listed in the application review and review the proof documents footnote number 63 proof documents are the documents that that verify the information listed on the application income verification, tax returns blah 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 right and then uh, pull a credit report, compare borrower's underwriting score against the lenders, and approve or deny application. So I'm curious about this underwriting, court, this underwriting score thing. We'll keep going forward. <laughs> because this entire process on page 81 had to be done by human being. It was prone to error, discrimination, and human fallibility. The perfect example of manual underwriting is a home loan. Even today, every step mentioned above is still performed by human beings. But why why do lenders need all the documentation and verification? Because they don't trust you. (laughs) Not you, but you, right? (laughs) You as the general you, right? Or what you put on the application. Consequently, manual underwriting was designed to find out everything about you and obtain third-party proof documentation of all of it. So there's so much fraud going on in our world. Somebody could actually make up fake employers, fake W-2s, fake tax returns. I mean, there's a lot of fake, fake, fake going out there. And they're you know doing loans for people who don't qualify for that program, and then the has got foreclosed on, and it's just a mess. So we try to avoid that. So lenders going to triple check everything out, make sure if we're trying to hide something, they'll find it. They I mean, they, they got systems in there that's that uh, they call data verify. I think that thing must be you know on steroids in reference to it's it's better than NSA and CIA problem on in their investigative process. They find stuff, I say, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> so that's we call data verify. It's part of the lending process. So keep going back in the book. Also required to the manual underwriting is documentation for past payment performance, in parentheses as recorded on your credit report. Debt load, how much debt you're carrying without jeopardizing your payment to the lender. Debt to income ratio, what percentage of your monthly income is used for making debt payments, how much you have in savings, checkings, retirement accounts, etc. So you know where, like this, you, you know where, where, you put two where's, <laughs> your liquid assets or, and you can tap tap into if you need some money, right? If you you know if you're struggling to make a payment, find something to make it, right? Okay. Uh, what what hard assets you have, such as cars and homes, so they can liquidate them. That's kind of weird. We we got rid of that whole thing. We don't even show cars and stuff on on mortgage apps. That's kind of old, very old. But hey, I'm going forward. To I ain't going to Doc mess, right? Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, back into the book here. It says um, not long ago, many app. Applic- Applications even asked you to put a value on any valuable personal possessions. Jewelry for that we used to do that way back, way back, way back. So don't even talk about this piece, right? Now. I'm just gonna bypass this. And very expensive for the lender. Okay. At FICO World in 2018, one of the seminars I attended was about the cost of, uh, cost of manual underwriting. A vice president of Sun Trust Bank, going to page 82. Disclosed that a break-even on a manual underwriting loan, the loan had to be at least thirty-eight thousand for a term of three years, and interest rate had to be at least prime plus four. The prime rate is what you hear about, you know, big banks getting primary rate. Right? So let me break it down for you real quick. Simple math, simple math, right? So if you ever hear on the news it says the federal government move rates, it's called the Fed fund rate. Fed fund rate. Don't worry about the, what it is, but right now it's a, today talking, it's a 025 percent. Now, to get the prime rate, you got to add three to the to the Fed fund rate. So right now, 0.25 plus three is three and a quarter. So right now, the prime rate for uh, United States of America <laughs> today is uh, 3.25. So today, you know, you know what the day is. <laughs> and so um, that's what the prime rate is. So keep going here. Uh, okay, where are they? Ooh, ah. You know, I hate when I start going up changes, I start losing words. But we're gonna find it real simple sometime today. Let's go back. Here. So um thing. Oh ha, ha. I switched page home, remember? So let's go back into that thing where we said this, oh my gosh. Man, I'm off the prime rate and I know it's somewhere on this page, but man, it's not jumping off the page for me. So I'm gonna start again on page 83. It was then that I realized FICO scoring models and lenders underwriting systems were not intrinsically connected connected than I had previously imagined. By the end of the week FICO, I realized their version was a world free of manual underwriting, and that all funding approvals would be automatic, simply expensive, fast, secure, and highly predictive. In fact, in the keynote presentation FICO World 2019, CEO Will Lansing predicted that manual underwriting would decrease by at least 20% every five years for a foreseeable future, which I said earlier, Manual underwriting is a high, high risk to a lender to do. So that's why a lot of guys don't do it. And plus, when they do it, they actually drop the, your ratios lower, I mean, your debt-to-income ratio lower so you don't qualify as much as if you were on the computer. So there you go. Back to the book. Say goodbye to manual underwriting and hello to the higher, more predictive approval amount for borrowers. Okay. Next uh, topic here, more data. Rather than relying on all expensive and time-consuming proof documentation required by manual underwriting, FICO and lenders have been fer- feverishly developing a testing automatic underwriting system. We call it AUS, just initials for automatic underwriting system. That's what I was saying earlier about Fannie, Freddie, FJV, their own little system that um, they use to qualify the, uh, the client, right, or the borrower would call them. These AUS are designed to analyze borrowers' behavior data points, uh, both historical and in real time. So that's what we're talking about the points, but it's probably about the 20 points probably we're talking about there. So I'm gonna keep going and we're gonna figure it out. This allows lenders to make near instantaneous and highly predictive lending decisions. The entire focus on FICO World 2019 was how lenders would use borrowed behavior data and artificial intelligence to create an even more trustable approval process. Remember, garbage in, garbage out, that's one to verify, right? (laughs) And that's what I say, and back to the book. And with the introduction of FICO 10, lenders approvals uh, rely on automatic underwriting data and process more than ever. And FICO 10 promises to reduce borrowers default by an additional nine to 17% over current versions. Okay, that's pretty cool. Next page, page eighty four. Right, okay. It says approval in thirty seconds. Uh, you, uh, you probably experienced the results of this technology firsthand, and didn't even know it. Have you applied for a credit card or, or auto loan recently and been approved in under two minutes or less than thirty seconds? That's automatic underwriting at work. So remember, when you, like, so I say a minute ago, with the input in the computer, you know. You can only see that, so it's going to approve based on what you put input and That's why you got to verify that that data to make sure the input is correct and also make sure the numbers are correct and everything's correct, correct, correct. So they have a correct version versus garbage in, garbage out, right? So back to the book. Uh, That's automatic underwriting at work. I got you. What you may not realize is that the lenders have such confidence in the underwriting software that they have programmed the AUS to approve higher dollar amounts lower interest rates compared to manual underwriting approvals. Makes sense, because you got someone else to blame, right? <laughs> fraud prevention. Not only do lenders trust AUS lending decisions more, but they can also detect fraud applications with significant higher accuracy, makes sense. The data available to FICO and lenders is vast with the implementation of a data collection and analysis uh, system like FICO, uh, FICO Falcon platform and earlier warning services Lenders have significantly reduced their loss due to fraud to the tune of $3 billion in savings each year for the last five years. And somewhere I missed my footnote. Where's my footnote? Ah, okay, we're going to okay, read, read the two footnotes here. It says, footnote uh, 65 says, a system that collects and analyzes the funding requests submitted by borrowers to any of the 9,000 consortiums of lenders the term variations of applications and indications of fraud. Okay. I was up there somewhere. I missed the number. Okay, number 66, also on that same page. Assistant monitors and analyzes every transaction into and out of a borrower's account. Okay, That's the footnotes that I missed. I apologize there. Page 85. The bottom line is the imp- implementation of AUS is a huge win for lenders. But what does that techno babble mean to you? How is the win for you? A game change moment for borrowers. To put this in perspective, manual underwriting requirements requires you to present to a lender numerous documentation verifying the data on your application. Like I said, as we have seen that process in expense, expensive backup, as we've seen, comma, that process is expensive and tedious to the lender, and it's it's a pain in the hindquarters to you. Yep, yep. I believe that and he, he says it's a lose lose. <laughs> but hey, we got to verify and validate, right? As Ronald Reagan say, trust but verify. Keep going forward. Uh, Since the development of automatic underwriting systems, what do not require documentation to make a lending decision, the definition of being fundable has evolved to your benefit. I like that. The power, the power dynamic shift to the borrower. For centuries, lenders have had all the power in, in the lender slash borrower relationship. That is not true anymore. When lenders shift from acquiring proof to measuring behavior, the funding approval power shifted as well. Lenders gave the automatic underwriting system complete funding approval authority if a borrower met the approval guidelines. That makes sense. So if you know a borrower's behaviors that are being measured and you know what the US finding approval guidelines are, you're, uh, who is really in charge of finding the, the, the funding approval? <laughs> Next page, page 86. I say it again. If you know what lenders are measuring and change your behavior to match their approval guidelines, you will be approved every time. Footnote 67. I'm trying to keep up with these guys. Uh, period. In a store, uh, the end, uh, kaput, elfine. He's <laughs> funny. Okay, keep going. What is being measured? This is where the rubber meets the proverbial road. To be completely in charge of your own funding approvals, you must know the answer to these two questions. Question number one: What are the underwriting criteria and approval guidelines? Okay, depends on the program, right? Number two: How do you modify your borrower behavior and conform to those guidelines? Footnote number sixty-eight. It says in my getting fundable boot camp, I go into great detail on how these borrower behaviors can increase your approval. Okay, well, you got got something to sell you there. So, hey. Be ready for class, there you go. Google, back in the word. Uh, and then implement the answers. Let's take a look at each of these questions in turn and explore the answer to each. There are two major data sets that the automatic underwriting software measures. Behavior. FICO measures approximately 40 behaviors. Then lenders add their internal performance data to the 40 metrics. Time. Automatic underwriting software also measures the FICO 40 borrower behaviors over the most recent 24 months. I call this the 24 month look back period, and we'll explore the great depth in a later chapter. Page 87 How AUS uses your behavior to approve you for funding. Previously, I used the example of a 30 second approval to demonstrate automatic underwriting. Let's dig in a little deeper and illustrate how an AUS would evaluate some of your data found on the funding application and your borrower profile, footnote number 60, or 69, I should say. Uh, this is overly really simple example designed to show you how AUS uses behavior and time to approve a new funding request. There are at least 39 other borrower behaviors that would be major. okay, I'll go with that. So, it says, say you apply for a new $5,000 personal credit card. First, AUS will total up all your personal involving credit card limits. In this case, let's say $10,000. Second, it will calculate the average utilization as reported to the credit bureaus over the last 24 months. In this case, 36%. Footnote number seven, utilization of ratios of your balance to limit are reported monthly to the credit bureaus and scoring by FICO software hmm sneaky, sneaky, let's keep going. Number three, the AUS calculates the average balance over the last 24 months by multiplying your average utilization by your total limits. Here, the average balance is like 3,600. Number four, it estimates the minimum payment on the 3,600 by multiplying it by 4%. That results is the average minimum payment for the last 24 months is about $144. The calculation above uses 24 months look back period to determine your behaviors with regards to your balances over the preceding 24 months. Okay, okay, okay. So we're gonna to switch to page 888, okay. Borrow's behaviors metrics, simple math. The next set of calculations you use to determine if a lender will approve you for the new credit card you're requesting. First, AUS hypothetically applies the average utilization of 36% to the $5,000 credit card you're applying for. This results in a balance of $1,800. Second, you will calculate the estimated minimum payment of no payment on the $1,800, uh, multiply it by the minimum payment of 4%. That results in a minimum payment of $72. Third, it adds the new payment of $72 to the old payment of $144. This results in a total payment, minimum payment of $216. Makes sense? Okay. Keep going. Fourth, a lot of words on There's a lot a lot, a lot, a lot, of research on glad <laughs> like, like the computer's doing Not me. Fourth, the AUS calculates your new debt-to-income ratio by adding the new payments to all your other debt payments and dividing that total by your income you stated in application. Fifth, if your DTI, debt-to-income, is significantly less than the guidelines, you are automatically approved for a significantly higher limit than you requested. In fact, lenders tend to approve you up to the amount your DTI can safely handle, based on your borrower's behaviors over the last 24 months. Photo number 71: Inside secrets and strategies that go with it is vital to qualify for business loan and lines of credit. Okay. Okay. However, if your new DTI is slightly less than the funding approval guidelines, you're automatically approved for the requested amount. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're, your new DTI is slightly higher than the approved lender approval guidelines, a lower limit will be repro- approved. Okay, makes sense. And if your DTI is significantly higher than the guidelines, you'll be denied. And, and all the other curves and fact, that all goes in 30 seconds. <laughs> so you find out how fast you're approved or you'll deny. Page 89, getting kicked into manual underwriting hell, he calls it. Most, most lenders today start their funding approval process using automatic underwriting system to evaluate your fundability. Only if something goes wrong are you kicked out of automatic and into manual. You know, like I say, if you do conventional, try to do manual, good luck find a lender that does that. So MHA, yeah, conventional, not so much. But some people do. I say they don't. Okay. So what will get you kicked into manual underwriting? There are three reasons, main reasons, should I should say, and each of the numerous factors. Number one, manual underwriting is the go-to when you're when there are conflicts between the information you entered on your funding request application and the, the borrower's behavior report by the credit bureaus and other verification databases. Is that true? Think about it. Who are you going to believe more? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not right. What are you, uh what do you put on your application or what your lender reports to you or what lenders report to you on you? Okay, gotcha. They will believe the data reported by the credit bureaus every time even the bureau's data is outdated or inaccurate more inaccurate right any data okay. uh when they when the when these applications conflict exist the lender cannot trust your application data requiring you need to verify your application details manually with proof of documentations I would I, I concur. Second, you are kicked into manual underwriting if there are significant data inconsistency between what you is being reported by the different bureaus. Number seven five for footnote. Don't worry, you'll learn how to correctly manage this stuff. Okay. Page nine zero end of the chapter. Let's wrap it up hard and strong. Let's go. The third uh, and third, because you have unfundable borrower profile. Remember that there are many reasons you may be unfundable. That's un you unfundable. Too many inquiries too high utilization, too little credit, too short a credit history, low quality of current account reported on your profile, too much available credit, each of these reasons will either kick you into manual underwriting or immediate denial. (laughs) Okay, last last paragraph, here we go. The 1,000-foot view, we will go into greater depth in later chapters regarding how to avoid manual underwriting, but here is what we'll cover so far. Avoid the funding and data landmines that make you unfundable. Make sure every field on your funding application matches the corresponding data point on your credit bureau records, footnote number 74. For example, if your borrower profile consists of consumer accounts and mall store credits, your profile may not have the heft, H-E-F-T, to qualify for a high value tier one or tier two accounts. We talked about earlier about tier one, tier two. So let's go, keep going forwards. It says make sure your borrower's behavior hits borrower ba- borrower behaviors hit the lender's funding bullseye in all FICO 40 measurements. Okay. Being fundable means being able to qualify for any loan or, or line of credit and use it to accomplish your personal and professional goals. Until now, like an untapped gold mine, you have been sitting on your own funding approval, completely unaware that vast riches are within reach. Keep pressing forwards. That's the end of chapter 10. We'll be in chapter 11 next week or next time. <laughs> Thanks, guys.